Welcome to Strength for the Journey from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau. We have the privilege of having a very special guest speaker today. He's fresh from speaking at the annual Hawaiian Islands Ministries Conference from Soul Survivor Church in Watford, England. Here's Mike Pilavachi. Well, good, good morning. Um, it is great to be back. Um, I love coming here. Uh, not just because it's Hawaii, honestly, although that has got something to do with it. And, um, and um, uh, also the acai bowls, uh, just, uh, I love them, but they don't love me. <laughs> and, uh, but that's the way. And um, I haven't yet had, and I leave tomorrow, I just mentioned this, I haven't had that nice ice cream that is in the, what do you call it? Mochi. Is it called mochi? No. No. You happen to have that? Come here. Come here. This is a young man truly blessed. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to have a very short sermon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, seriously, it is an absolute joy to be here. Um, uh, I said it at the first service, and I mean it. Uh, This is a wonderful fellowship, and what I love is that you're so warm, you're so kind, you're so generous, and uh, I, I say that to you not in order to flatter you, I promise you. Uh, but I know that sometimes when you've been in a church for a long time, you, you stop realizing uh, the, the wonderful things about the fellowship you're a part of because it becomes normal. And sometimes you need visitors uh, to say to you certain things to remind you, to, to, to show you. And as a visitor here, um, it's just wonderful uh, just to be part of your family uh, this morning. And it's a, a real privilege to be here. And, and I want to say also, you do, have, you do have the most unbelievable surroundings of any church. I go around the world and I have never been to a church on a golf course <laughs> surrounded by tropical rainforest and mountains and full of greenery. And it's the most unbelievable, unbelievable view. And it's a wonderful view, but I also want to tell you, there is another view that I get in this church when I come that's even better, that's even better than the view of the mountains and the rainforest. And that's the view that you get when you walk along the corridor here and you see all those children that have been sponsored and are being sponsored by this church. And I think that is a view that blesses the heart of our Father. I think when he sees your corridor, it's amazing and it's wonderful. And it blesses his heart. And it's uh, such, a, such an amazing thing to come and to see that. And, and what it leaves is a lasting legacy. Lives are changed. Um, I'm going to launch now straight in to make sure we have enough time. Uh, yeah, you should clap. Because that is you guys. That is you guys. That is you guys. I'm going to launch straight in because I want to make sure we leave enough time for whatever the Lord uh, might want to do among us. 
Uh, and I want to start by telling you a story that isn't that great, that isn't that pleasant. But I, I want to tell you, where years ago, when I was a student, so we're talking about the last century, and uh, um, uh, I was a student at Birmingham University, uh, the, in Britain's second city, um, in the middle of the country, and uh, uh, I was about 19, I think, or 20, and a healing evangelist uh, came into town. And uh, he set up, and uh, they had a big organization. They, they hired this huge um, space, and uh, they announced a healing crusade. And I, my friends and I, we went one night. and We arrived uh, just before it started, and we sat near the back. And I was two rows behind this guy in a wheelchair who had no legs. And what he had was shorts on, so you could see his stumps uh, really, and uh, the worship was lively, and uh, the healing evangelist spoke, and, and they, he started, then he started praying for people for healing, and then just before the end, um, he said, now, I want to speak to those of you that have come in wheelchairs. I want you by faith to get up out of your wheelchairs, and by faith to take a step and begin to walk, and as you exercise your faith, God will heal you. Um, as a, as a, almost like as a reward for your faith. And I sat there, and I watched this man's two friends lift him up by his armpits and, and hold him up. And then I saw this man frantically waving his stumps and moving his stumps faster and faster as he tried so hard by faith to grow legs and to walk. And uh, as he was doing that, his face was getting more and more red. And uh, I could see him breathing harder and harder. Well, after quite a while, I think his friends couldn't hold him anymore. And the meeting finished. And there was a few people that did get out of their wheelchairs. And everyone was cheering them. And I sat there and I watched this man's two friends, after a while, put him back in the wheelchair. And they were obviously embarrassed. They didn't know what to say. So as everyone was leaving, his friends left as well and everyone was going and I was transfixed I sat there behind him two rows behind him watching him and I watched him on his own as everyone went away and he took a while to catch his breath and he just sat, sat staring at the floor and then after a while he sighed he shrugged his shoulders and he just started to wheel himself away and I remember that day sitting there and making a vow to myself, making myself a promise that I will never, ever, ever be involved in anything as ugly as that, because that is not the love of Jesus. That is not what Jesus is like. That is not what Jesus does to people. There may have been a lot of power there, but I, I tell you there was not a lot of love. And as ever since, I have read the Gospels again and again and again. And as I have got to know the Lord Jesus more and more and understood his ways, I have recognized that he would never do something like that to someone. Because he is full of compassion and grace and tenderness and mercy. He is the king of love. He is the king of love. And he doesn't use people to enhance his ministry. He never uses, he never uses his power to, to make himself look bigger. You know, our God 
couldn't make himself any bigger in order to impress us. So he made himself smaller in order to reveal his love to us. He came to wash feet. He came, he came not to be served, but to serve. And I just want to read you. Well, before I do, throughout the Gospels, there's amazing stories of Jesus again and again and again. Our Savior, our King, our Lord, the King of Kings, how he always served. He felt the touch of that one woman who was bleeding in the crowd. He felt her touch and he, he ministered to her. He, he saw little Zacchaeus up the tree who didn't go up the tree for Jesus to notice him just so that he could see. He, 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 he stopped outside a town called Sychar in Samaria. And it was as if he was waiting for this one outcast woman who was a sex addict. She was on at least her sixth man. And no one in the town wanted to know her because she kept stealing their husbands. And Jesus waited for her and he began a conversation with her. And he treated her with dignity and with respect. And he cared for her. And he transformed her. And, and then, I mean, there's so many, so many stories like that. So many, there's, there's, when they brought to him the religious people, that woman caught in the very act of adultery. She was caught in the act of adultery. So she could well have been naked when they brought her. And they threw her in front of him. They used a human being to make a religious point. How disgusting is that? They used a human being to make a religious point. And they said, it says in the scriptures that we're to stone a woman caught in the act of adultery. What do you say? And Jesus said, yes, it does. Go ahead. And then he started to quietly write in the dust. And no one knows what he wrote. But many theologians guess, and it would be my guess, that he probably was writing their secret sins. I can't think what else it might have been. And as he wrote, one by one, they dropped their stones and they quietly walked away. And then Jesus looked up and he said, where are they? Is there no one left to condemn you? And she said, no one. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And the thing about that story is this, that even though um, he said that, uh, she said that, she said there's no one left to condemn me, she was wrong. She made a mistake. There was one left to condemn her. There was one who was without sin that was still there, the only one who had the right to condemn her, the only one who had the biblical, the right to throw the stone, and he chose not to. He chose not to. And I find it amazing, don't you, that throughout church history we've known that story as Jesus and the woman caught in adultery when surely the title of the story should be Jesus and the men caught holding stones. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's Jesus. And so many times we're told that he had compassion on people. He was moved with compassion. 
And there's this one story hidden away at the end of the first chapter of Mark's gospel. I just want to read it to you. Uh, It's just a few verses. A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Now I deliberately left three words out of that story. And I'm going to put them in now. In, um, uh, the man came on his knees. On his knees he came to Jesus and begged him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And then in my version, the NIV, which stands for nearly infallible version, uh, it, says, it says Jesus was indignant. And then it says, he said, I am willing be clean as he reached out his hand and touched the man. Now, I know in some versions it says Jesus had compassion on the man. And, um, but, and that, that is also accurate. But the earliest manuscripts, which would be the most likely to be correct, that's, that's a, a principle of interpretation, um, say, said Jesus was indignant. What does that mean? It means it was like he was, he was offended, And what did the man say? He was a leper. He came to him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus was offended. Jesus was indignant. Jesus was put out. And then he reaches out and touches him and he says, I I am willing to be clean. The only thing I can think is, is it, it has to have been something like this. If I'm willing, if I'm willing, what are you talking about? You're in agony. Your skin is in a terrible state. You are a social pariah. You have to ring a bell so that people keep away from you. You are disfigured. Your your self-image is broken. You are lonely. And you're asking me, am I willing? We clearly haven't met yet, have we? You obviously don't know who I am. Of course I'm willing. Be clean. Be clean. That's his heart. That's his heart. And it's always been his heart. And, and this has always been the heart of God from the beginning. I want to move from that story to a story uh, right in the Old Testament. Um, and, and Moses. And there's lots of things about Moses. Moses is one of the guys I just love. I love, there's so many bits to his story. And one of the things that's puzzled me for years is he says something towards the end of his life. In Exodus 33, he says to the Lord, it's Exodus 33 and verse 18, and it says, Then Moses said to the Lord, Now show me your glory. And when I first read that, I thought, What are you talking about, Moses? If anyone has seen the glory of God, it's you, mate. What's wrong with you? What do you mean, now show me your glory? I mean, just think about it. Just think about it. The burning bush. He encounters God at the burning bush that doesn't burn up and God speaks to him. Now, that would have done me for the rest of my life on my own. If I had an experience like that, I would, I would, have, I would have written a book. 
the burning bush and me. I would have done a video testimony. I would have run conferences. He's, he encounters God at the burning bush. Then there's the plagues of Egypt. Moses has a front row. In fact, he's involved in all of those. You know, the Nile turns to blood. And, and my favorite one is, you know, the plague of frogs. Do you know why I love that? I love it because this is all of that spiritual warfare. Because what was happening in the plagues is every one of Egypt's gods, the god of, the god of heaven, was defeating and frogs for the Egyptians, they, were the, they, were, they represented the god of fertility. So what does God do? He sends their god of fertility into total overdrive. So it's like, stop, stop. And Moses was involved in that. And then how about this one? How about this one? He puts his staff out over the Red Sea and the sea parts. Now, that would have done me. Wouldn't it have done you? Just that, just that, I'd have been happy. I'd have been happy for the rest of my life. They get to the other side, and no sooner on the other side is they're in a desert, they're in a wilderness, and, and they haven't got any water. So God says to Moses, get your staff again. I mean, that staff, whoa. Get your staff again and, and hit the rock. And he hits the rock, and San Pellegrino comes out. And... And we're not talking, we're not talking, you know, I, I thought for ages it was a few drops, you know, let's squeeze the rock and let's get a couple of, no, most theologians estimate that at that point there were about two million Israelites, children of Israel in the desert and they were all thirsty and it says they were all satisfied. I mean, we're talking gallons of the stuff. We're talking lakes of the stuff. We're talking rivers coming out of this rock. Now, that would have done me. And then of all of them, the best one, the most spectacular one, the most marvelous one, manna comes down from heaven every day, six days a week and twice as much for the Sabbath. That is, now that, if I just had that, if that just, can you imagine? No more visits to restaurants. No more paying with American Express. It comes down ready cooked from heaven. Every day. And at the end of all that, Moses says, having seen all that, now show me your glory. And I want to say, Moses, what are you talking about? Don't be so greedy. Leave some for us. Leave a little bit for us. You've seen it all. But do you know what? After Moses says, now show me your glory, having seen everything, listen to how the Lord responds. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion." Having seen so much of the Lord's power, after having seen all of that, when the Lord says, now show me your glory, the Lord replies with three key words. Did you hear them? Goodness, mercy, compassion. That is the glory of God. 
that the glory of God is his character. He glorifies himself with the depth of his being who he is. And his power is released to reveal his character. And he hasn't changed. The king of heaven who walked this earth and revealed the glory of God, revealed his glory in the way he healed the sick, in the way he came to the marginalized, in the way he honored the outcast, in the way he treated people with dignity and respect, in the way he cast out demons. It's the same Jesus that does the same today. Who wants to do the same today? And this is the bit that amazes me. He wants to do it through us. Through ordinary old us. Through broken old us. Through weak old us. One of my favorite Bible verses comes in 2 Corinthians. Where the the Lord says to Paul, My grace is enough for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And I didn't understand that for a lot of my Christian life. For a lot of my Christian life. You know what? I I went to too many meetings where, where, you know, like we all went to meet the anointed man, usually man of God, in the white suit and the ability to shout and take up big offerings. And they were so sure of themselves. And it was like they had this hotline to heaven. And it was like they were, they were, they were holy and they were perfect and they were spiritual. And, and they just knew for sure. And I used, to, I used to follow them around. And I used to get in the queue that they would lay hands on me. Because if only they laid hands on me, then zzz. But I never for a moment thought that God could use me. And the reason for that was, I know me. I have to live with me. (laughs) And I know I'm not like that. I know I'm not like that. I know my brokenness. I know my weakness. I know, I, you know, I have, I have regular fights with food and I lose every time. You know, it's, it's, it's always a battle. And I thought, God couldn't use me. God couldn't use me. I'm disqualified. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not holy enough. And, and, and then to discover, oh my word, your power is made perfect in weakness. In that case... <laughs> Look out, world! Because <laughs> your power is going to be made incredibly perfect through me. You see, his power is not made perfect in our strength. We go in weakness. Do you know why? Because it's in our weakness that we have to depend on him, it's in our weakness that we have to lean on him. I'm just going to tell you a couple of stories and then we're going to pray. And we're going to see what God wants to do. And, and the purpose of telling you these is, is just to... Because every time... Do you know... I've been following Jesus for 45 years. And I tell you, I, he never ceases to amaze me. Every time. Even in the last two, three days. I've been hearing stories of what he's been doing. And it's like... My, and my response is not... Wow, 
Well, I never thought you were that powerful, God. I was convinced of that the day I gave my life to him. But every time it was, oh, wow. How did you do that? How did you do it like that? You're so kind. You're so merciful. You just, you just do me in, Lord. You do me in every time. There was a time uh, a couple of years ago when I told the young people this, so sorry, guys, you're going to hear it again. Um, uh, um, when our festival in England in the summer, um, we were in the middle of this meeting, and um, I felt the Lord speak to me. And I just need to say about this, um, you know, when, when people used to say, and the Lord spoke to me, they were usually the guys in the white suits on platforms. Um, and I used to think, I used to think the, the way the Lord would speak would be like this, hear ye, hear ye, God calling Mike. Are you receiving me? Tablet of stone on its way down, duck. You know, and I thought it would be like Charlton Heston voice, really deep and and all of that. And I didn't realize that it's, well, not for me, it's never like that. For me, it's this gentle whisper. For me, it's that the way it works is, oh, I just had a thought. That's a funny thought. Why would I have that thought? (gasps) Could that be you, Lord? Or might it be indigestion? And in my case, fairly regularly, it is indigestion. But do you know what I decided a few years ago? My friends and I decided. I decided, you know what? What I used to do until a little while ago was, was if, if I hear something, I thought I'd heard something, and I wasn't sure, I wouldn't say it in case it wasn't Jesus. Do you know what I do now? When I'm not sure, which is all the time, I say it in case it is Jesus. Because that's the only way I'll find out. If, it is, if it's just me, all that happens is I got it wrong. And no one dies. Not yet. But if it's Jesus, someone gets blessed. And I had to get to the stage where my longing to see Jesus meet people became greater than my fear of failure. And, and that's, the, that's the only way it works. So basically, I had this thought in the middle of this meeting, and it was, there's someone here whose friends have brought him, and he's come to this camp, and he's an atheist, and he spent the, the, the last few days mocking everything that's been going on, and teasing his friends, and saying to his friends, there's no God, this is silly, this is stupid. And then I just felt the Lord say, and just now, just a moment ago, he prayed to me for the first time, and he said, God, if this is real... If you really do exist, could you speak to me? Could you show me? And then the last bit popped into my head. And the last bit was, and his name is Brian. And what I do now is if it's something scary like that, I say it quickly before I can persuade myself. You know, like, no. So it's like, say it quickly before, you, before common sense prevails. So I said, I think there's someone here, da da da, you, you're an atheist, your friends brought you, you've been mocking them, you've been teasing what's been going on, and you just prayed just now, no one else knows, you just said in your heart, if this is true, if you are real, could you speak to me, could you show me, and your name is Brian, Brian, why don't you come forward, he's answered your prayer, and he wants to meet you, he's waiting for you. Immediately, this 15-year-old lad walked forward, sobbing, he was sobbing. His friends were crying. They gathered round him. 
They prayed with him. He gave his life to Jesus. And here's the bit I love. Here's the bit that I'll go to my grave rejoicing over. They told me that the next day, Brian was walking around that campsite, going up to strangers. He was going up to strangers and saying to them, he knows my name. He knows my name. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? The God who knows Brian's name and called him by name. And this is what church is meant to be. Wherever Jesus went, he was good news. And we, the church of Jesus, are called to be good news. Just like here with those compassion kids. Just like I love that, the, 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 the mobile showers. For, oh, brilliant, brilliant. I'm going to nick that. When I get back to my church, I'm going to say, oh, I've just had this original Pilavachi thought. <laughs> That's how it works. That's what, I go around the world collecting these. And then they come back and it's original Pilavachis. And my church, they, they, they look at me in awe. <laughs> how do you think of these things? <laughs> Don't tell them. <laughs> and, and, you know, and... and and in our church, here's another one, very quickly. In our church, um, there's, um, we, have, uh, we have connect groups or home groups, small groups that meet in the week. And, and there's a few of them uh, that are recovery groups for those who are recovering alcoholics or addicted to drugs or gambling or something like that. And they get together with leaders in recovery groups. And in our church, we celebrate people's achievements in our church. And um, uh, a few weeks ago, it was literally a few weeks ago, uh, before the morning service, uh, someone told me that there was a lady in one of the recovery groups called Yvonne, um, who um, it, was, it was that day was her first anniversary of being alcohol and drug free, exactly one year free of the abuse of those things. And so in the notices, I said, um, I didn't warn her, I said, Yvonne, would you stand up? And she stood up and I said, this is, today is the first anniversary of Yvonne being clear, free of alcohol and drug abuse. When I said that, 700 people in the church all started clapping and cheering and they wouldn't stop. They cheered and cheered and I looked at Yvonne's face and she was standing there as she could hear all the cheers and the claps of everyone celebrating her. And here's the bit that killed me. This is the sort of thing that you cannot plan. You cannot plan this ahead. Um, on the following Wednesday, I had an email from another lady in the church. And she said to me, she said, um, on Sunday morning, I brought to church for the first time my stepsister. She had never been to church before, ever. And the thing is, my stepsister is seven months free of alcohol abuse. And when you did that for Yvonne, my stepsister turned to me and she was weeping. And she just said to me, is that what you do in this church for people like me? You celebrate People like me. How kind is our God? And he wants us to be a kind church. And the power of God 
comes to reveal his kindness, his goodness, his mercy, his compassion. And if we try and minister in order to show off power and we don't come to wash feet, we let our king and our savior down. He is the one who, who we want to be like him. We want to be like him. I finish with this last crazy story. Um, and again, it was a, a, just a, a few years ago. We did a, a conference thing for those in their twenties, um, uh, and uh, um, it was I was in the middle. It was in the middle of a meeting, and I, this thought came into my head. And the thought was, there's someone here who's having an affair with a pastor in their church. Now, as soon as I thought, I, I was like, no way, no, 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 no. We are not going there. And, and I actually argued with the Lord. I said, Lord, Lord, I, 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 first of all, I could be wrong. In fact, I probably am wrong. In fact, I'm pretty certain that this is wrong. Secondly, secondly, it's a negative word, and that's against our values. So we don't give negative words. Can you believe I, I told the Lord I was going to disobey him because it was against our values? How I'm still alive, I do not know. It's amazing. Um, and then here was, my, here was my, 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 my killer one. And I said, and anyway, Lord, how would you like me to say that? How am I supposed to say that? There's someone here who's having an affair with a pastor in their church. Would you like to come forward now? I mean, how am I supposed to say that? <laughs> and then the Lord said to me, he said, it's not my judgment, Mike. It's my mercy. It's my mercy. And the only way I can describe this is for a moment, he opened a window into my heart and I just felt his compassion. And it was like I wanted to, I wanted to die. It was like, oh, oh. And I knew I had to. So I went to the microphone and I said, forgive me if this is wrong, but I think the Lord might be saying, there's someone here, you're having an affair with a pastor in your church. It's not his judgment, it's his mercy. He loves you. He wants you to turn from that. He wants to heal you. He wants to rescue you. And he really does love you. And I said, if that's you, um, my friend Ali will be standing by the side of the stage through the meeting. Just go up and say to her quietly or go to her at the end of the meeting. Or if you can't do that, please go to the chat room and tell someone there. At the end of the meeting, this young lady, 19 years old, 19, she went to Ali and she said, it's me. I've been having an affair with the youth pastor in our church and he's married with three children. And she said, and I feel so ashamed of myself. And I don't know how to get out of it. And I keep saying to him, please, let's stop. We need to stop this. And he says to me, no, we can't. You can't stop this. I need you. You'll break my heart. We're meant to be together. And she said, and I just, I just, I'm, I've never told anyone I'm so ashamed. And then she said, and I promise you, this is exactly the truth. She said to Ali, and I nearly didn't come to this meeting because I feel so ashamed of myself. And as I was driving here, I said to the Lord as I was driving, God, I'm too ashamed to tell anyone about this. If you want me out of this relationship, you're going to have to tell someone on the platform about me. I came that close to not saying anything. That close. My friends, Richard and Prue, who are in their 80s, they spent the next two to three days praying with her. 
she broke that relationship. She repented. She turned around. She started getting healed. And now she's walking with Jesus. It's his mercy, not his judgment. It's always his mercy. And he calls us to resemble him, to be a people of mercy, to be a people of grace, to be a people of compassion. This isn't about entertainment. This is about people being set free. I could spend days telling you stories of, of his kindness, of his kindness. But better than that, what I want to do is we're just going to make space for him to do whatever he wants. And just to say, I don't know what he's going to do. And, and, and I'm going to be really honest with you because I believe, I believe with all my heart that he speaks to you like he speaks to me. Is that you, Lord, or is it indigestion? I don't know, except you thought he sounded like Charlton Heston, and so you dismissed it. And he wants to use you in your weakness, in your brokenness. Don't wait until you're sorted. I was waiting till I was sorted, until I got to an age where I thought, you know what? I'm not going to be, I'm going to walk into heaven with a limp. He heals us on the way. He heals us on the way. And he uses us. His power is made perfect in our weakness. And what we're going to do is just going to make space for the Lord. I'm going to pray. And then I just want to ask us to wait. And honestly, if, if, he, does, if he does more, then we stay here a bit longer. If he does less... You can just leave early and buy my books. <laughs> Did you see the subtle way I wove that in there? <laughs> or go buy, have ice cream. We're not going to try and manipulate anything. But we know he's love. And in his love, I'm just confident that he wants to meet with us. Why don't the band just come up just to be with me, just to hang out? Come on, little ones. Come, come to Daddy. Why don't we pray? Now, don't get religious, yeah? We're just going to relax. And Father... Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you move in this place? Holy Spirit, would you breathe on us? And Lord, would you reveal the love of the Father? Would you reveal the Father's heart to us? Lord, I pray that you would bring healing to people's hearts and, and to people's bodies, to people's relationships. I pray, Lord, that you would reveal your amazing grace, your amazing grace. We welcome you, Spirit of God, and we wait for you now. Now, just wait in the stillness. No one needs to pray out loud. No one needs to start a song or anything like that. Just be still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. It's the gentle whisper.
we welcome you. We welcome you, Lord. Release your mercy to us. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Now, many of you will, will be sensing nothing right now. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not unspiritual. I'm not feeling anything. It's not about that. But I think that there are a few of you, in the last few moments, you just become really aware of God's presence. And for some of you, it might be a physical thing. Others, an emotional thing. Others, in your head, we're all built differently. For some of you, there's just a sense of his deep, deep peace. Others of you, maybe just a revelation of his love. I don't know. But it's like often I've noticed the Spirit seems to come in waves. I don't know why. It's like just the first wave in the last few moments. And I'm going to ask some of you just to be brave. And, uh, and if you know God's presence is resting on you in a fairly significant way, I'm going to ask you quietly just to stand where you are. And by standing, you're saying, yes, Lord, I acknowledge that you're meeting with me, and I ask for more. And we're not going to embarrass you, all right? It's not about that. And and just going to get one or two just to put a hand on your shoulder and bless what God is doing. So if you're sensing God's presence, don't be afraid to do this. We're family. Just stand where you are. Just stand where you are. And we'd love to get some folk to pray for you. That's it. If there's others, just stand. That's it. That's it. That's it. And now I'm just going to ask, um, though if you're next to someone who's standing, you don't need to pray out loud. You don't need to pray a complicated prayer. Just put a hand on their shoulder. All right? Just put a hand on their shoulder. And all you're doing is you're joining in. You're saying, Lord, I bless what you're doing. And this is an easy one because they, they responded because God started to meet with them. And so we're joining in with what God's doing. I wasted too much of my life telling God what I wanted to do and asking him to bless it. It's so much more fun finding out what he's doing and blessing that. I want to join in with what he's doing. And so this is wonderful. And at the back, just make sure. Okay, this is, just, this is very gentle. This is very gentle, and it's very kind, and it's very Jesus. And I'm going to ask um, Jake and, and, and Tom, well, the guys, and, um, and, and Jess also, if you want, just to begin to play. And Jake's going to play his violin, not to create a mood music atmosphere, but just sometimes, you know, I remember when Saul had the evil spirit, and, and David played the harp, and the evil spirit left. And there's, there's something about... about Sometimes music playing in the spirit just it yeah. So just just be still. Don't worry about anyone else. Just receive. Just receive. Thank you, Lord. And we ask for more, Lord, of you. More of your presence. More of your presence. Thank you, Lord.
as we continue to pray and wait on the Lord, I'm actually going to ask some of you to do a really brave thing right now. All right? It's not something we're used to doing, but I'm going to ask because I believe Jesus wants to meet with you. There are some of you here that you, you knew exactly what I was saying when I talked about being broken. That the truth is, we, we, we all hurt over some things, but there are some of us right now where it, it's just life is really painful. Life is really painful. Maybe you're riddled with anxiety. Maybe there's been so many reversals. And it's like, oh my goodness, we would love the honor of praying for you. And no one's going to ask you details. That's not what it's about. It's just blessing you and asking Jesus to come to the place where it hurts, where you can't put it right. And I'm going to ask you to be brave. And if you know that's you, could you just come forward and just stand at the front? Um, No one's going to, that's it. That's it. And don't come right to the front because we want people to be able to come. Um, And I'm just going to ask the prayer team everyone who's on the prayer team all the leaders just come and be ready to pray just come and be ready to pray and I just want to say there are tears already we're not going to be afraid of tears all right this is a family someone once said if you can't bleed in a hospital where can you bleed and if you can't cry in church where can you cry and this is a safe place because we're a family Is there a lady on the prayer team who can just come here and just pray? That's it. No, I just just need someone. Is there a lady on the... um, Just need a lady. Can you just move a second, just a little bit? Is there a lady on the prayer team who can come and pray here? We're just going to spend time, and and what you're hearing and seeing is people meeting Jesus. It's people meeting Jesus. He's so kind. He's so kind. He's so kind. Is there someone here? And again, it's like if I think Jesus is speaking, I'd rather say it and be wrong than always wonder. Is there someone here that 17 years ago, um, you, you just had a, a big loss 17 years ago, and then I think about seven months ago, something else happened, and it hurt you, and it's brought up the pain from 17 years ago, and it's brought it all up again, and he just wants to meet with you. Um, who, who is that? If that's you, could you make yourself known? Because Jesus wants to meet with you. And you'll know if that's you. Um, is that someone here? 17 years ago, you had a, 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 a loss that was grievous, that really hurt you. And then seven months ago, something else went wrong. And it kind of it's brought up all the... Is that here? All right. All right. Well, the, Jesus wants you to know he loves you. And he told me because he wants to know you to know that you're not on your own. He wants you to know that he loves you. And he wants to heal you. And he wants to be close to you. Isn't the Lord kind? Isn't he so utterly kind? 
So we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep praying. Um, that's it. We take time over this. You don't need to rush. Um, is, there, is there a couple here? You've been asking the Lord about a change of direction. Um, you, you've, you're wondering if you're meant to... I don't, I don't know if it's career or home or, or, or something like that. But you've been wondering about the future and you, you're thinking oh, there's an opportunity. You're wondering if the Lord's saying you're to do something else. And it involves risk and it involves cost. And you've been praying and saying, Lord, would you show us? And I think, I think either one of you or together, you prayed this morning. You prayed first thing this morning, Lord, would you speak to us? And uh, you think it's the Lord, you think it's right, but it's risky. And you just want to know. And you prayed this morning, where, where are you? Are you, are you here? Is that you? Where, yeah? Is, is it you too? All right, why don't you come and join together? Just come together. The Lord is very kind. And he heard your prayer. It's okay. And he told me, and you're not on your own, and it's felt scary. And you felt afraid of, of getting it wrong. But he, he's, he's speaking to you. And he wants to comfort you. And he is big enough to hold you. And he is big enough to guide you. Holy Spirit, would you rest on our brother and sister? Would you fill them with your love? Would you fill them with your love? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, release, release a, such a trust that they're in your hands and you'll never let them go. Thank you, Lord. 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 Now we're going to just begin just to quietly worship Jesus as we as we as we pray. We and we're going to in a moment in a little while Pastor Dan's going to close the meeting, but we just want to take a bit of time and we want to look to heaven as we pray. And all I want to say is is this is just normal. It's you know, it doesn't have to be theatrical. Isn't it Jesus' kindness? This is just his he's so kind. And all we have to do is make some space. And he meets with us. And if you'd like prayer for anything, just come forward as we worship. And there are folk that would love to pray for you. And love to, to, yeah, if you'd like prayer for healing or for anything like that. Um, sorry, I have got one more. One more, I think. I think that there are um, a few young people here that you, there's, I think there's two or three of you that you've been since the conference, and I only finished yesterday afternoon, but you've been saying, you know, I, I just want, I just want to live the rest of my life radically, radically. I just want to give the rest of my life completely to Jesus. And I, I long, I long, I long to see this happen. I long that he uses me in these ways. And I think you've been feeling that, thinking that, and it feels like, oh my goodness, I'm in a different place. And you're younger. You know, you're younger. If that's you and you know that is, I'd just love us to pray for you. Just come and stand here. Just come and stand here. And uh, I think there might be a couple of you, you've talked about it together. Um, 
just come if you know that's you just come we'd love to pray for you we'd love to pray for you is there is there others don't be afraid if that's you if not maybe I got it wrong and nobody died alright but if that is you just come here and there are folk that would love to pray for you let's worship him let's worship him in a moment I'm going to say a final blessing and um, for many of you um, maybe this is a new experience to see how the Lord can touch down in this special way and, and people can come forward and get healed and, and hear special voices um, or special voice through uh, a pastor uh, that has a special word for you. I still have a sense that some may still want to come forward for prayer. So I'm going to ask the prayer team to remain out a bit longer. We'll sing one more song. Um, but I want to close it uh, formally with a blessing. And those of you who need to leave can leave. And those of you who may still want prayer, please come up. The Holy Spirit is here in a very thick and important way. And the prayer team will continue to pray for you. So receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be upon you. And may you know in a very deep way of the Lord's love, the love of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen. Rest assured. The God who created the universe and everything in it, the God of the burning bush, the God who sent Jesus to die for our sins, that same God knows your name and he loves you. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Join us at one of our worship services on campus at 45550 Ki'ona Road, Kaneohe, Hawaii, 96744. We meet Sunday mornings at 8, 930, and 1111. Follow First Prez on Twitter and Facebook. Download the brand new First Prez app. Watch First Prez sermon videos on our website and on Facebook. If you need more, call us at 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you and thank you for listening. Strength for the Journey is copyright 2019 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau.